0: Good afternoon welcome to the Fontanelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we take a look at some happenings in this trade, of course, the wheat market caught fire and we're not talking because of heat and dry concerns. China is all being rumored to be involved in not only the wheat, but the beans and maybe a bit of the corn. And speaking of corn, why isn't there much excitement going on in that market? On the flip side, we look at the weather that's been happening here in the U.S. and the Black Sea region. And what's going on in this livestock market? Do we have a lot of supplies out there? We're going to get all the details from Arlen Suderman with Stonex. And Arlen, let's start out with this wheat market because we talk about it being on fire. And people might think, well, it is getting hot and dry in areas.
1: It is, and we're seeing production estimates being dropped in the United States, in France, and Argentina. Uh, there's some dry areas of Australia as they try to get their crop as they're, you know, moving toward the springtime there. Um, there's uh, problems in the Black Sea. We've seen Black Sea supplies drop. There were some, also some rumors, some chatter today out of Russia that um, they're lacking or tight supplies of feed wheat that there haven't been any feed wheat bids for the past month. Part of that though would also be a delayed forecast because it turned off kind of cool and wet in May in many areas of the Russian wheat belt winter wheat belt and that slowed down the development so some of it may just be the lack of harvest but we do have some areas where yields have been disappointing as well. Uh, They're still kind of early in the harvest period. Not all areas have started to harvest yet. Um, but world values have been going up. We've turned the corner. And the momentum traders are trading it. And then you add in some uh, some China rumors today, and the momentum traders really took it for a ride. Well, you
0: talk about China. How much of an influence have they had, and will they continue to have on this market?
1: Well, first of all, China is the other... Um, the other power, superpower of the world, if you will, you can debate whether they're superpower, but uh, they're right. They're behind the United States. They're number two and they want to be number one. They've made it clear they want to be number one. So they are going to be a major factor in, in trade uh, for good or for bad, either because they're rejecting us or they're coming to town to buy. And uh, they've got a lot of people there, the most populous nation. Although that won't be for long, India is about to pass them up. China's uh, population is actually in decline right now, um, but they're going to be a factor. And then they have a rival government as well, communist versus capitalist, and so that's going to create its own sense of tensions that affect that trade. But um, the rumors out today is that uh, Chinese buyers may have been in for up to twenty-five cargos of. Uh, of green and oil seeds combined. The bulk of that uh, is probably soybeans. Uh, so far, we've got confirmation on the wheat side of about uh, five cargos of wheat or about uh, 300,000 metric tons, which would come to about 11 million bushels of wheat uh, is the chatter so far. Um, as we look at... Uh, Maybe similar amounts of soybeans as well, maybe a little bit more. My sense is probably a little bit more than that. Uh, and perhaps some corn. On the corn side, I think we'll be on the lighter side going forward. Um, but China involved. And and thing to keep in mind is back in 2016, we saw crude oil prices go from $26 to the mid-50s uh... Um, with very little change in the fundamentals simply because the mo- money managers decided that the worst of the bearish news have been priced in. And so they jumped on and rode the momentum higher and then later it corrected lower again. Well, I'm not calling for wheat prices or corn prices or soybean prices to double, but the funds can take things for a ride sometimes. And sometimes it is just a money flow. And this time we've got a little bit of fundamental news to do it. Does that mean the fundamentals? Are equally bullish to reflect the amount of price movement we saw in wheat today. I don't think we have evidence of that yet at this time, um, but it is what it is. And and uh, I don't think any farmers are going to complain about the amount of green they saw in the wheat screen today.
0: What's it going to take to get the corn excited?
1: Well, and people, a lot of people have been asking with all the corn that uh, China's been buying. Um, why haven't we seen more of a market response? And uh, it's uh, kind of a multifaceted answer to that. But the bottom line you start with is we have a lot of supplies of corn, and our domestic demand has been hurting, and particularly got hurt this year um, by the disruptions in the livestock industries we saw played out in the June 30th stocks report, and by ethanol plants getting shut down. Now we are seeing the ethanol industry come back, come back faster than what we thought but it still gave us a big surplus for a time when livestock were not eating and ethanol plants were shut down. And now we're looking at a big crop coming forward for next year as well. Add to that the fact that the premise of the phase one trade agreement was to force China to live up to its TRQ import quotas and to be more transparent in the establishment of those quotas and the fulfillment of those quotas. Well, the quota for corn per year is 7.2 million metric tons and they have now essentially bought enough corn to fill that for this year in fact they've exceeded it now with the most recent purchases this week Now, much of that has been for the new marketing year after september one which goes then through august 21 or 31 of next year so some of that corn could go toward the 2021 quota leaving a door open for them to buy more But the market's somewhat skeptical that they're going to be making significant large purchases beyond what they've already done until or unless they increase their quotas. They could do that. They might do that. But that would go against the spirit of what they agreed to in phase one. And it's been rumored for two years that they were going to increase their quotas and still haven't. So it's hard to know how much confidence to put into that.
0: Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we continue with part two of the Fontenelle final bell. We're going to look at the weather, what's been happening before we switch over to the livestock side. And of course, the talk of this COVID vaccine. Is it playing any factor in our market's reaction today? A Lots more coming up on this Wednesday. It is the Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back now to the Rural Radio Network as we continue the conversation with Arlen Suderman with Stonex. And obviously a lot of talk of of weather-related market as we look at the weather here in the U.S. Knowing the warm-up is coming, how much of effect and toll is that going to take? Not only on the trade now, but the trade into uh, the coming days, Arlen
1: well we are in a weather market some days it's positive and some days it's negative we saw a lot of strength last week we've seen a lot of weakness this week it seems um and it really started on friday and we just showed how dominant weather is and we got a crop report on friday which you really could argue was somewhat supportive and the market started selling off hard because the same time the crop report came out we got the midday models for the american gfs come out and it showed a much wetter milder outlook for the Midwest. And uh, so, therefore, those who had been building in a weather premium quickly took out the weather premium. The funds who had liquidated much of their net short position started putting it back on again, especially in the corn market. Um, So, weather is is still the dominant factor, and I think probably will be for a little while longer. Um, We've had twice now this summer when... The weather models have been in pretty good agreement. I'd say real strong agreement that we were going to go hot and lean dry and in a way that would be extreme enough to start notably hurting corn yields and maybe soybeans as well. And twice then, everything has changed before that develops. Um, and now the models have tried it a third time, and they're struggling to be able to hang on to that forecast, and, and they're modifying and modifying the temperature. Still warmer than normal. Overall, this summer is a very warm summer, but we're not getting the extreme heat holding on over the core of the Midwest, and we're getting enough rains coming under. And if you recall, um, a couple months back, we talked about the summer outlook, and I said, yes we're going into La Nina but one of the keys here is water temperatures off the west coast which are above normal as long as they're above normal we can get those La Nina high pressures build over the Midwest but it's difficult to get them strong enough to become a blocking high so Gulf moisture still gets up under them and so we still have storms convective storms that form we still get moisture and corn can handle a lot of heat as long as it has moisture but scattered convective storms don't get everybody so you have some people who miss it and they do see their yields hurt those who do get rains do pretty well we will have to monitor nighttime lows they could take you know high nighttime lows can still take a few bushels off the crop as well but so far we haven't seen anything develop nor do we see anything on the horizon that suggests that we're going to have a big enough drop in production to justify rationing demand with higher prices um, but until we get deeper into this, I think the funds are going to be reluctant um, to go overly short the market just to make sure.
0: With what's been happening in the Black Sea region and their weather, is that going to take a toll or affect the way the wheat market's been trading here in the States?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's playing. It's got the, the traders' attention. Um, they've had some good and some bad there in the Black Sea region. Some areas have got rains. I mentioned earlier, kind of weather moderated quite a bit. Um, but now as we get into the spring wheat growing season, we've got areas of the spring wheat belt that are seeing intense heat and dryness, while other areas are doing well. And I would liken some of the problems in, uh, in the Black Sea to what we're seeing here in the Midwest. Maybe 20 25% of the belt under stress seeing reduced yields, while the remainder of the belt is either normal yields or a few areas above trend yields. And so it's nothing really at this point to justify sustaining a rally, but it's got the market's attention, and particularly in wheat, uh, because the Black Sea sets the wheat market. So if they have a disappointing crop, that really makes a difference the world around, and so it's still a factor. And looking
0: at the, the COVID vaccine, we knew that came out in the news this morning. Markets reacted. I've heard a little bit of maybe cattle reaction to a bit.
1: Well, it, that would certainly make sense. I think it's a little difficult to specifically draw the lines. It may be true. It's just hard to prove. Uh, overall, we did see strong gains in the equities early today because of positive news on COVID vaccine. And there were some good earnings reports that came out as well. When you look at later in the day, later in the morning, we had reports come out, the State Department was sanctioning companies out of China, like Huawei. Uh, then the, the gains came off the equities and the cattle market held on to the gains. There tends to be some correlation between the equities and the cattle market. And generally, if you get a, something to remove fears about coronavirus, the expectation is the consumer will feel more comfortable spending more on those higher cuts of beef. So psychologically, there is a factor. At the same time, we've got a lot of beef supply. We've got choice cuts trading right around that $200 range. And that indicates that we've got an abundant supply.
0: It sounds good. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Arlen?
1: Over at stonex.com or on Twitter. My handle is Arlen, arlanff F F one zero one. And just a
0: reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss. So they're not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network.